Acts chapter 7, beginning at verse 55. The death of Stephen. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading from the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, reading verses 2 to 10. God's chosen people, a royal priesthood. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Your incredible call and purpose. And I'm using the example of Stephen from the first reading. The incredible call and purpose theme comes from Peter, which we've been looking through the first letter of Peter during the last few weeks. And Peter's had a lot to say to struggling early Christian congregations and people. And this week he says to them, and to you, you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession, you are God's people, you have received God's mercy. 
What an astounding thing to say to these little groups of early believers hanging on in the face of persecution. These ordinary Christians, they're not bishops or pastors or apostles. They are ordinary Christians who are living out the faith in their time and place. And they are called a chosen race. They are called a royal priesthood. They are the ones to tell the world, to show the world about Jesus. And it's the same for ordinary people like you and like me. You carry Christ into the world. You are a representative of Christ. The verses from the first letter of Peter today encourage you to see yourself in this way with God's vision of who, who you are, God's agents in the world. This word comes to you even in your isolation and even to you who think you don't have a high status. This word comes telling you that you have an incredible call and purpose. You're going to see now an episode in the early Christian church that Luke tells about in the book of Acts and see how God works through the lives of ordinary people even in tragedy and suffering. Are you just an ordinary person following Christ? Is this just an ordinary day? Different, uh, no different to other days? Often hard to tell which day it is in the week, isn't it? But you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. You are God's people. You have received God's mercy so you can represent God and you can show God to the world. As 1 Peter says, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Some days that shape your life are pretty obvious. If you are married, you can perhaps remember the day that you first met your, the person you married. And it might not have been uh, a particularly special moment that you could distinguish it from any other day. You may have had no idea at the time that the person you just met would play such a part in your life. Yet that day did end up shaping your life. Today, you hear about a day that changed someone's life. We hear the story about a follower of Jesus named Stephen who was asked about his Christian faith. And he stood up and shared a powerful Christian message. Those who heard that message were unwilling to listen and they were determined to silence him and they killed him. Stephen was the first person ever to die for being a Christian. And what a waste his death must have seemed. Stephen himself, in a way, was no, not someone special. He served in the early church, distributing food and charitable aid to poorer members of the community in that early church. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a king. And he wasn't from a noble family. But in God's vision, Stephen was a man full of faith and full of God's grace and power. And as a follower of Jesus, Stephen dies a tragic death. Those early Christians must have been shocked and stunned by this. They must have wondered what would happen to them. Stephen followed his Lord to his death. He was a witness of Jesus even as he was dying. He met his death 
in the same forgiving love to his murderers as did Jesus. Stephen's last words echo those of his Lord. Do not hold this sin against them. As death and defeat were not the end of the story for Jesus, neither were they for Stephen. Was Stephen's life a waste? No. Nothing given in the spirit of Jesus is ever wasted. Stephen was full of faith. His life was not a waste. Stephen was led by the Holy Spirit. His life was not wasted. Stephen was full of grace. His life was not wasted. Stephen died forgiving his enemies. His life was not wasted. And Stephen died with the name of Jesus on his lips. His life was not wasted. But how dark, how terrifying, how shocking and depressing it must have seemed on that terrible day when Stephen's earthly life came to an end. But as is often the case, and is often in God's way, that just when everything is darkest, just when everything seems most hopeless, then it is all unseen to us that the Spirit of God is at work. Luke tells us that one of the witnesses to Stephen's death was Saul, later to become the missionary Paul. Saul had seen Stephen die. Saul heard Stephen's prayer for forgiveness for his executioners and his extraordinary claim that he saw Jesus standing at God's right hand. And although this all at first led to Saul's fanatical persecution of Christians, yet the day that Stephen died led to a chain of events that led Saul to eventually become Paul, one of the greatest Christian missionaries. And ultimately, he too gave his life for his faith. And thus, strangely, the church's mission was promoted despite the tragic death of Stephen. What would have Paul said of that day at that time? He could never have imagined what would have been set in motion for him beginning on that day. He could never have supposed that his life was to change forever. Imagine what Paul would have said if anyone on that day would have said he would become a great Christian missionary. But so it came to be. Everything seemed desperate for the church that day and God's Spirit still was at work. Little did anyone know that this tragic death of Stephen was one at the same time the beginning of the raising up of this great new missionary who would spread the good news to many more lands and people. Although it took some time for that to happen, of course. We note two things. First, that what seem to be setbacks in God's work can can be advances. Yes, we suffer setbacks. Things go wrong. But that might, what might seem like disasters to us can really be the beginnings of great moves of God's Spirit. God is still in control. Don't be discouraged. Don't give in. Don't let the overwhelming circumstances make you forget that God is still at work. Another thing to remember is this. No one is ever lost to God. Who could have seemed more hopelessly lost than Paul, then known as Saul, so intent on eliminating the Christian church? Yet this very same man 
was soon to realize his need of a savior. This very same man later fell helpless and repentant before Jesus to receive his salvation, to be forgiven his sins and to be raised as a new person and commissioned as a servant of Christ. Is this just an ordinary day for you? What day is it? Is it Sunday? Every day, like I say, seems to be the same. Is this just a day like any other day, not to distinguish from any other day? But God can turn these days into something. God calls you, yes, ordinary Christian you. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. You are God's people. God calls you so that you can represent him and that you, so that you can show God to the world as the first letter of Peter says, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen.